0: The forum at 8 on SAFM. Well, good morning indeed. My name's Ashraf Garda, standing in for the rest of the week here on the AM Live. Uh, show. So, uh, well, the 4th of the day is what we do right now. Love it if you engage. I'll throw out a number now. You don't have to call in now. You can call in in a few minutes when I tell you. It's 0891104208. 0891104208. Then to SMS, it's 34701. It'll cost you two rands. You can email to amlive at safm.coza. You can tweet. AM Live on SAFM, and you can Facebook AM Live on SAFM. If you want to tweet to me as well, it's Ashraf Garda, all one word, A-S-H-R-A-F-G-A-R-D-A. And a very important issue is what we're going to talk about right now. We examine the Infrastructure Development Bill, a proposed law intended to accelerate the implementation of the government's infrastructure development plan. A thumbs up to the bill will formalise and establish in law the Presidential Infrastructure Coordinating Commission, that's the PICC. The bill sets clear time frames for governments to implement strategic integrated projects. South Africa would spend as much as 4 trillion rands on infrastructure development projects over the next 15 years. Having said all of that, there's a sense amongst many people about delays in the implementation. So the question we're asking you on the forum eight, you know, where's the logjam? What is causing the logjam in rolling out the country's infrastructure And I've got three guests We'll be joined by our third guest at about 8.30 But for now, the two guests I have in the Hatfield studio Is the Minister of Economic Development, Ibrahim Patel Minister Patel, good chatting to you, hi uh, Good morning, Ashraf, to you and to the listeners Good morning, indeed We also have uh, Bob Pullen, who is the President of the South African Academy of Engineering Bob, good chatting to you, hi Bob hi. Okay, we'll connect with him in just a second That uh, gives me a chance to go straight down to The Minister of Economic Development, Ibrahim Patel If you want to answer that question that you know, Is there a logjam In rolling out uh, The country's infrastructure And if so, what is causing that logjam?
1: Uh, Ashraf, yes, hello there um, I think uh, we're doing a lot Of uh, very positive things On infrastructure So there's really two 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 Parts to that answer The first part is We have been able to unblock many of the problems, the challenges, the logjams in infrastructure And maybe in the course of the the show this morning, I can highlight some of that But there continue to be some significant logjams And I'd like to talk about those because they go to the issue of what the Infrastructure Development Bill tries to do Mm -hmm. The first of those log jams relate to the fact that we don't have integration in government Across the different regulatory authorities so if you want to plan a big infrastructure program, you may need planning permission from local government. You may need an environmental impact assessment done with the support of provincial government. And you may need a water license that is issued by national government. Our system requires at the moment all of these processes to be separate. Mm-hmm. We need to find a way of integrating that. And that's what the infrastructure bill does in part. A second problem is that we don't have a planning frame in which we identify over the next 15, 20 years what do we plan to do on infrastructure so that the universities and the FET colleges can begin to develop the skills base that is required for the infrastructure program. So we may well find that we have skills bottlenecks in particular areas and a surplus of good skills in other areas. We need to rectify that By having a a national plan On infrastructure That goes beyond one administration So that we move away From a stop-start pattern Of development Where we do things in one administration And we have to come up with an entirely new plan When a new administration uh, uh, Comes into office So that longer term planning Is absolutely fundamental The third challenge Is information You know Ashraf, the infrastructure plan straddles um, <coughs> all of the provinces, uh, virtually all parts of the country. And what's critical for government is the ability to have information uh, in real time, not a year later when the Auditor General provides it, but literally as the infrastructure rollout takes place, so that we can identify blockages, obstacles, problems, and give attention to them. One of the other uh, big uh, log jams in infrastructure is a funding one uh-huh. In the 2010 World Cup uh, uh, Soccer build program We were definitely overcharged By the big construction companies That leads to challenges Down the line In financing infrastructure So we needed to take some action On that matter To deal with corruption in the private sector And in the public sector And ensure that we have a system That is efficient That is focused and it gets the job done. So those are some of the challenges—not mm-hmm. all, but some of the challenges okay. that we have I, I, in I, I, infrastructure. And, and I think that, that they qu- qu- they're quite
0: significant and interesting. The point you made about funding and, and overcharge, so the issue of corruption, will come up. But before I also get to my my second guest, Minister Patel, your thoughts then on on the in terms of the country's infrastructure, why why is it important? I'm, I'm probably asking a very obvious question, but but explain why it's important that we get the infrastructure development aspect right. Asher
1: of infrastructure is arguably the single biggest trigger To creating sustainable jobs in the long term If you look across the world Countries have become wealthy In part by investing smartly in infrastructure Let me give you the example of the northern mineral belt We have vast resources of coal, of chromium, of palladium and platinum In the Limpopo province In an area called the Waterberg. Uh, There are enormous uh, quantities of coal that can be mined, creating jobs for South Africans that can be processed locally uh, so that it can assist with our beneficiation program. But what's required there to unlock that potential is water, rail, road, and, of course, energy itself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, infrastructure uh, directly employs people, but it also has a very significant impact on employment, By unlocking opportunities across the nation Uh, About a week and a half ago President Zuma led a team of uh, ministers To Jutnag in the Eastern Cape In which we unveiled a new wagon For the transport of cars South Africa's auto industry has been growing fast We need to be able to take those vehicles to our ports And export them in growing quantities And so you need rail but you also need the industrialization opportunities to be seized. So infrastructure creates jobs not directly alone in infrastructure, mm-hmm. but it also stimulates, very, very importantly, okay, the so industrialization so important of the country. And finally, in. yeah, infrastructure okay. is a critical producer of skills in the country. Yes, we need welders, we need engineers on site. But it's also on the infrastructure sites themselves that we produce the largest numbers of artisans, And engineers for the whole economy So those are just some examples Of many of why infrastructure Is a critical jobs driver And a critical aspect of development
0: All right, let me throw the lines open Because it's an important one If we're talking about infrastructure It could be the bricks and mortar In terms of actual structure But also in terms of implementing systems And setting them up And all of them sort of Dovetail together to create the type of infrastructure that we so desperately need. Now, your thoughts. I'll open the lines now to 08911042008. So 08911042008. You can SMS 3471 at a cost of two rands If you're emailing, it's am live at safm.co.za. If you're tweeting uh, as well as Facebooking, it's am live on safm. You can also tweet to me at Ashraf Garda or one word on Twitter as well as Facebook. And think about this: an important one. What is causing the logjam in rolling out the country's infrastructure. But you heard the Minister Patel already say so. The next point then is how then do we unblock that logjam? In fact, what are the processes that are hindering uh, this move towards uh, upping the country's infrastructure? I also have uh, Bob Pullen with me who is the President of the South African Academy of Engineering. Bob, good chatting to you. Hi.
2: Good morning, Ashraf. Good morning, Minister.
0: Thank you. Now, it's interesting that the points already brought up by the Minister, the issue of skills is critical. So the best wish list in the world in terms of government can be hindered by a lack of funding, by you know, a lack of other resources. But, but the key one here is in terms of skills. We need engineers. And I have a sense that you're going to tell me we have a serious shortage of engineers.
2: Asher, yes, I could tell you that. <clears throat> but I could also tell you that the are competent, well-qualified engineering practitioners in the country who are not, not, not effectively and efficiently employed. Uh, effectively meaning producing as well as that can, and this is the the funny part about the South African situation. We have a shortage of skills in one sense, and at the very same time we have young people who've been educated but are not 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 able to fill a really productive post and mainly because they haven't been trained, they haven't had an opportunity to gain experience. And to make the education really worthwhile and applicable in in the real time. And,
0: and what, why do you think that is the case?
2: It's because of the imbalance in the way in which things happen in this country. Um, <clears throat> Minister <clears throat> has mentioned, I think I've written about four very important points, which is we agree with totally. And you know, um, th- there's a, there's an argument out there which says. Why doesn't the private sector and the public sector create training opportunities for young folk? And these are young folk with, an education, with a, a qualification that is recognized. And some of the difficulties with that is that the qualifications that are recognized, that they have, are not those that are needed in the workplace right at the moment, maybe sometime. But we must also understand and appreciate the fact that developing infrastructure is not just an engineering job. The engineering component is critical. It's essential. It has to be there in high quality. And the infrastructure that the country has at the moment is evidence that it can be done and it will be done again in South Africa engineering-wise. However, all the other disciplines are there. We need financial management, we need social management, we need political management, um, we need administration, we need good business managers. So all of those skills are necessary. But from the engineering point of view, um, we can say, with backed up by real numbers, which I don't have in front of me right now, that South Africa has produced more engineering practitioners of in the various categories, all the way from professional engineer through technician, certificated engineer, um, professional engineering technicians, the the whole range Mm -hmm, of uh, mm folks, who are not all employed in engineering.
0: Okay, I'm certain we're going to get people calling about it, and I welcome people who are engineers. In fact, if you're an engineer, or an aspiring engineer, or or someone in that industry, and you have an issue regarding just where, in fact, you're getting placed when you so desperately want to Contribute to the country, then let me know 089-1104-208 But also on that issue, the overall issue, uh, which is the basis of the forum at eight. You know, where's the logjam? What's causing the logjam in rolling out the country's infrastructure? And in fact, more importantly, perhaps, how do we then fix it? How do we unblock that logjam? Uh, are there innovative ways that you have, besides what's been started already by the Minister of Economic Development? I'll get to your calls and many others, and we'll do it right after this.
3: Me, 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 me. Mamelang Mimi, she's just discovered a Christmas gift that keeps on giving. The wheels she's been dreaming about is about to start turning at her generous Chevrolet, Opel, and Isuzu dealer because she can
0: go shopping this month and only pay 1st of April 2014 on selected models. So, Hamba, get yourself some new wheels for Christmas. Offer subject to finance approval, T's and C's apply. Visit your nearest Chevrolet, Opel, and Isuzu dealership for these and other awesome deals
4: tailor-made for you. For you, no. <laughs>
0: Every day, millions of real
1: people work hard to shape their futures, and we work hard to help make those futures real.
0: At Real People, we provide responsible finance for you to build or improve your home, secure an education for your family, or grow your business. We help you manage your debt and meet your commitments on your journey to financial wellness and a sustainable future. Visit realpeoplegroup.co.za. Real People, responsible finance, sustainable futures. Real People is an authorized financial services and credit provider. T and C's apply. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Well, my name is my name is Garda, hosting the Forum at 8 uh, for now. Well, every day this entire week. Let's get to some of the calls. I want strong views. I want you to back up your opinion. Uh, and looking to the future, solutions certainly welcome. I think the Minister will make notes as well as we talk. Jason in Cape Town, let's get your thoughts. Hi.
5: Hi, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Pleasure. i uh, just like to say that investment into infrastructure uh, shouldn't leave uh, the actual development of, you know, like he was talking about, uh, the coal resources or the transportation of vehicles, but I think that South Africa or South African should also have ownership of those coal resources, should also start to develop their own vehicles. And infrastructure shouldn't just be solely focused upon transporting, uh, you know, goods or, or services for foreign countries or for other countries. I think that if you're going to invest just in infrastructure, you should at the same time invest in South Africa's ability to mine or South Africa's ability to develop its own style of vehicle. And in that way, you, you, you know, you, you're developing both sides of the economy, not just something that has a fairly short-term benefit or just a, a, you know, a transportation benefit.
0: Okay. And do, then do, do, do you think, in fact, that, that the government has been short-sighted in certain projects?
5: Well, I just, I just think that if you're spending all your time focusing on infrastructure, the real people that are benefiting from that are the larger companies or the macro economy that, that actually requires coal to be transported or requires vehicles. I mean, why does Volkswagen, Volkswagen needs vehicles transported and great, we get the transport part. But at the same time, I think, I think we should also look at owning whatever it is that we're transporting. You know, if you're going to develop coal, it's our coal and rather than inviting some big, you know, huge company to develop the coal resource. I think South Africans should benefit and take part in developing that coal resource. And yes, then the infrastructure is important to transport it.
2: Okay,
0: got, Jason, got that thing? Sorry, my last point. Yeah, my quick last one.
5: point. Mm. Um, no more coal, man. I mean, we really got to get off this coal-based economy. I mean, we're, we're focused on platinum, fine, whatever, but get off the coal. I mean, coal's got to die, you know. Renewable energy is the way. Okay. But anyway, just had to say
0: that. Sure. Get, you, get you off the call, holding people over the calls for using code. Got that? Uh, uh, Adrian Peters is the vice president of Engineering Council of South Africa. In fact, Adrian, get uh, let's get your thoughts. High. Hi.
4: Hi. Um, thanks for thanks for um, holding on there. Um, yeah, I, I think just as the Engineering Council of South Africa, um, you know, we are in the process of signing a memorandum of understanding with the PICC um, with a view to playing a more meaningful role around uh, making sure that the government's infrastructure-led development uh, developmental strategy actually works. Um, as the Engineering Council, we see Exa as the catalyst to building a developmental state, and I think there's a nexus there with the PICC and government's intentions. But I heard the, the minister talking about um, lack of integration as mm. a bottleneck. Um, and that is a challenge it is a problem but there's also the uh, bureaucracy around implementation um, and unfortunately the bureaucracy around implementation is a symptom of a lack of capacity and competence uh, in in uh, leading and dealing with infrastructure decisions so um, and that's something that uh, needs to be um, addressed quite strongly because what happens is um, as you you uh, get more and more people uh, making more and more uh, mistakes uh, from a compliance point of view, whether by design or default, um, the tendency has been to create more and more uh, rules and more and more bureaucracy. And uh, um, so certainly the infrastructure bill um, is something that uh, we all are looking forward to. Um, I personally believe that it's, it's uh, the last version that I saw was a bit too watered down. Okay. And that it really needs to deal with, um, you know, a, a few critical issues around infrastructure delivery.
0: Okay. We'll get to uh, the minister's opinion on that in just a second. Thanks for that call, Adrian Peters. Now, quick SMSs. Poor infrastructure rollout in municipalities because one incompetent municipal officials, two weak contractors, poor selection, three self-serving consultants, four political interference uh from KZN saying minister does not tell us that more than half of the 800 billion rands infrastructure rollout will go out to foreign companies example uh, Chinese firms are already on board and then uh Sonke tweeting saying well lack of political will skilled engineers corruption and uh, failure to benchmark successful projects. Interesting one. Let's get then back to the minister, uh, Minister Patel on the line. Well, in fact, in our Hatfield studios. Let, let's pick out, you know, maybe I'll just give you a chance to pick out on, on one or two of the comments that have come through, uh, including, you know, this, this, this important point, the lack of will. Is, is there a sense that we're having this discussion now because we've made mistakes at governmental level in the past, maybe five years ago, maybe ten? Minister Patel? Okay, we'll connect with him in just a second. Uh, happy then to take your opinions on this one as well. In the meantime, let's go then to Mr. Pullen, uh, one of the two guests we've had. That's Bob Pullen uh, from the South African Academy of Engineering. Just, do you want to comment on the uh, on the integration aspect, uh, Bob? Ashraf, uh,
2: can I just check if Adrian Peters is still on the line? No,
0: he's gone. Hmm.
2: Has he gone? okay um, Yes, the, integration, the the integration aspect is is absolutely critical. Now, you, the, the issue that the, minister, the way the minister put it is spot on. There are so many authorizations required for the same bit of work, the same bit of development, the same bit of use of resources, and often it's the use of resources that needs to be authorized resources meaning materials and water and all of the others, even human resources. And, and, and if those things can, those authorizations can be streamlined, we will save years, absolutely years on the implement, commencing the implementation of, of any particular project. The ones that I'm used to, projects that I'm used to, normally take up to three years or more just to get the paperwork right from different authorities and using the same information, and if that could be done, part of the logjam could well be uh, relatively effectively and at low cost removed, uh, and and to, to ensure that we get the rollout All right, and and just very
0: quickly, we've lost connection, uh, ironically, let's call it infrastructure disconnection for now with the Minister of Economic Development, but let me just put this to you then very quickly. Uh, You know, just your personal opinion. Do do you find that there's been a lack of political will in the past in terms of understanding the absolute priority infrastructure development should have been?
2: Yes, um, uh, we have seen that and um, have experienced that, and the, the difficulty that we've, picked up as in the engineering profession is that decisions regarding investment of people and money and other resources into infrastructure which is state-owned, which is owned by the public, that those decisions rely on individuals and not on um, a well-established planned action for the future, very today-related. And if the person or, or group of people that need to make the decisions might not be here tomorrow then those decisions get get put on the side and they d- get not, not made. Okay, this, this is a big issue. Right,
0: well, the 4 of 8, my name is Ashraf Garda. We're asking the question what's causing the logjam in rolling out the country's infrastructure? So, what's the blockage? How, in fact, do we unblock that? blockage so that the logjam is removed uh, I want your opinion, I want your advice I certainly <coughs> want your comment in terms of a vision for the future besides what the Minister of Economic Development has just said and to call in it's oh 104 always love original thought provoking calls so keep them coming, let's get to the news uh, now with Vabakhine
6: Thank you, Ashraf. Good morning. The court manager at the Polokwane High Court in Limpopo is refusing to allow the media to attend economic freedom fighter leader Julius Malema's trial, which is due to start today. Malema and his co accused face charges of racketeering, money laundering, and fraud relating to a fifty two million rand tender issued by the Limpopo Roads and Transport Department. Meanwhile, traffic has been disrupted on the road between Dalmada and Polokwane in Limpopo, as thousands of EFF supporters. Waters are heading towards the High Court in Polokwane, where their leader Julius Malema and his co-accused will stand trial. We'll keep you updated with the very latest. In other news, the mother of two toddlers who were found dead in an open field near Zonkezizwe on Houtens East Rand will appear in the Palmridge Magistrate's Court today. The bail application of rape-accused Kwaito-star Seaporn also known as BRICS, will continue in the Rudapur Magistrates' Court on Hauteng's West Rand today. Ten drownings have been reported in the coastal provinces over the weekend, eight due to the heavy rains in the eastern and western Cape, and the other two at sea. And there's still no word from the Syrian government after a bomb attack killed more than 30 soldiers at an army base in the capital Damascus. That's how it's looking for now. I'll be back with a full news update at 9.
0: The Forum at 8
1: on SAFM.
0: And my name is Ashraf Garda. We talked about uh, the logjam in rolling out the country's infrastructure. Why the logjam? What uh, can we do to unblock it? We're also now joined by uh, Tipin Chocho who is the Group Executive for Infrastructure Financing in South Africa. So good morning to you. We have uh, Bob Pullen with us, President of the South African Academy of Engineering. And we've now reconnected with the Minister of Economic Development. Uh, that's Minister Ibrahim Patel. Minister Patel, I go to you. You know, some of the issues that, that were picked up before that, that appeared that there was maybe a lack of... Of government will a few years ago In identifying the importance Of infrastructure development And, and therefore we're paying the price for it
1: uh, Ashraf, I think we should recall That in the uh, period Over the last 7, 8, perhaps 9 Years, we have in fact As a country focused a lot on infrastructure Look at the 2010 World Cup We produced the stadia on time Look at the train And the massive uh, Highway uh, construction that took place But I think what we're seeking to do now is avoid simply a three-, four-, or five-year plan. Avoid what I referred to earlier as the Mm stop-start form of infrastructure and develop a longer-term vision in which we can synchronize state capacity, and I want to just comment on one or two of the caller's views there, Mm -hmm. Uh, financing, skills development, and localization. And coming to Jason uh, in Cape Town and his comment on producing our own capacity, mm-hmm. bravo, Jason! I can only but agree with you. And I referred earlier to the um, the visit to Utnaig for the um, the production of the uh, the wagon to transport cars. Mm-hmm. Jason, you would be pleased to know that that was done at a company called Transnet Rail Engineering. It's a South African company. It used South African technology. Uh, it came up with innovation. And we hope to export that wagon to other parts of the world. I think your general point is right, and I think, therefore, we want to ensure that the infrastructure plan leaves not only ports and rail lines and dams, yes, it must do that, but it also leaves greater levels of skills and many more South African entrepreneurs who are able to make components not only for our own country, but for the export market. Adrian Peters raised the challenge of bureaucracy around implementation. That is one of our biggest challenges. Getting the state to improve its capability, changing the mindset of public servants, getting out of these silos, these very separate ways in which each department looks at the problem and see integration as important. We've got to get public servants to be less rigid, and we have to improve the technical capability. But I want to agree with what Bob said earlier. South Africa is in fact It does have a number of competent Well qualified uh, technicians And engineers Go to any of the Gulf Arab states you Go to the United Arab Emirates And you will find many of the large Infrastructure programs Are in fact produced uh, Run, managed by South African engineers mm-hmm. So we've got to create An institutional culture That retains our best talent And use them for South African conditions I also think one of the more uh, useful comments that have come out that I can, I can only endorse is we need a better fit between what is taught at our educational institutions and what is needed on the job. So in the Infrastructure Development Bill, one of the provisions we have in there is the, 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 um, the right of government to set skills targets on the big infrastructure programs. And then finally, I want to come, uh, Ashraf, before the broadcast, infrastructure let us down. I picked up a little bit on Mm. the lack of will. I think with the Presidential Infrastructure Coordinating Commission, we see now all the main players, uh, members of cabinet nationally, all nine premiers of the provinces, the mayors of every metro in South Africa, as well as the leadership of local government coming together in one room and deciding how they will collaborate and work together to get infrastructure delivered on time and at competitive prices.
0: Now, you know, I want to just pick up on that because I had a chat with uh, Professor Adam Habib, the Vice-Chancellor of uh, of WITS on Friday, ironically. And he made the point about the 2010 World Cup, which you just alluded to. And he said, why is it we can get things so right during the 2010 World Cup and, and set up, whatever, nine stadiums and... and, and Have long delays elsewhere? Is it because, in fact, the one panders to to the middle class or or to other masters, like the FIFA, for example, and the other is almost a lack of of concern for the voice of of of, of the poor, you know, and therefore a lack of urgency. Your response to that?
1: I think uh, I would say to Adam Habib, who I think is a very well-informed commentator, that when you look at the detail of the 2010 World Cup soccer stadium, and by the way, we did a very careful analysis. Of all the infrastructure over the last 10 years To inform To learn some lessons To see what worked well And what mistakes did we make In fact that uh, the Stadia build Didn't just go smoothly It required a lot of intervention What are some of the lessons we got out of that? The first thing we learned Is that central coordination is important And we introduced that with the stadium build The second one is that we need Well defined specifications And scope You can't change that regularly And we got that Broadly right, I think, with the stadia The third is we need tight, non-negotiable deadlines And of course what happens in, an, in a soccer World Cup The kick-off date is non-negotiable So mm. we're introducing now in our infrastructure program Much more a sense of these are the tough deadlines that we're going to keep to uh, we, we, we learned out of the World Cup Coordination between national, provincial and municipal structures was very important so was skills mobilization, and so was identifying the champions by name in each institution and tying them to performance. So what have we done with those lessons? We've taken those lessons and incorporated them in the work of the Presidential Infrastructure Coordinating Commission. And Ashraf, I'd like to say that we've already got some early wins. We're not completely there yet. There's more work to be done. But over the last few years, we've been able to unblock on scale Many of the big projects Uh, Some of them are uh, Very local programs school build in the Eastern Cape In rural areas And we're rolling those out Others are larger ones We've got two dams That President Zuma will be opening shortly As examples of completion Of major infrastructure programs So I think uh, I I take the World Cup As a useful Mm -hmm. opportunity To learn some lessons About what can go right But also what can go wrong And incorporating that ...into our bold program. By the way, and perhaps the final point on the World Cup... ...is that that was an example where the state overpaid very, very substantially... Mm. ...to the private construction companies. And we've taken some firm action on it. Uh, We've identified the companies, the competition authorities investigated them. And as a first step, we've already levied uh, penalties and fines of some 1.4 billion rand. And the authorities are investigating criminal charges... Against some of the individuals who colluded,
0: and, and some may say, yay to that indeed." Well, many should, in fact, be saying that anyway. I'm going to. I'm happy to get that. I want to get the thoughts of T P and Churchill just in just a second, but I want to get your thoughts. And if you get on the air I'll take maybe five calls in just one go. So short calls are uh, most welcome. 0891104208. But short calls but telling comments indeed are encouraged. However, just to stay then with with that one point, uh, Minister Ibrahim uh, Patel, uh, regarding the 2010 World Cup, which is and the point you brought up earlier, the issue of integration. Uh, So how far down the line are we In developing that central National infrastructure plan To ensure that it works across the board That what we saw in the World Cup or that unified approach Can be duplicated across the board
1: I think what we've done is uh, In the PICC We've now developed a national infrastructure plan It has 18 what we call Strategic integrated projects And these integrated projects Bring together A large number of individual uh, Activities, I referred earlier to the Waterberg, and let me take that as an example Unlocking the coal uh, Resources and The chromium and the palladium and the Platinum in Limpopo (coughs) Requires that we coordinate Rail, water Energy, but also Urban development Lepalali as a town Is going to become South Africa's First post-apartheid city We have the option to make it A green city, an integrated city, a city that connects workplace and uh, where people live in a a better, smarter way than we've been able to achieve with many of our other large cities. And that's the challenge we've set for ourselves in the infrastructure plan. For that Limpopo area, we've also identified what skills we need. So ESCOM has has set up a welding academy in Lepalali to ensure that we develop uh, high level skills, coded welders that are able to, to not only play a role in the infrastructure program in Limpopo, but indeed more widely in South Africa. Right. So there's an example, I think, of central national coordination. The PICC, that's the Presidential Infrastructure Coordinating Commission, is not a concept that we will implement once the, the bill becomes law. In fact, we've already implemented it through cooperation, we're getting all three spheres of government working together. So that's where some of the low-hanging fruit, some of the early wins okay. are being achieved. Key issue but is- we need to do more, therefore we've introduced this bill in Parliament.
0: Alright, key issue here is funding. Happy to take uh, your opinion. 0891 uh, It's well and good these infrastructure development, but, uh, but some people take advantage by increasing prices exorbitantly. How do we deal with such greedy people? From Brian Kamalo. The skilled engineers are working outside South Africa while we use the cadres in all government projects that come from Dick in Santon. And the World Cup Unblocked Engineering Skills cooperating that is not competing in their area deemed to be collusion. Would it not uh, have been completed? From Victor. It is strange that the Engineering Council complains of, uh, bureaucracy, of bureaucratism. Uh, it got register. I could not register for there. Silly one. Comes from Dario. And we have another one. Speedy quality and cost-effective infrastructure is slowed by Procurement Act. Um, and then referring to a whole lot of other things which I'm not going to quite read now. Let's get back to, uh, to an important issue which is all about money. T.P. in Georgia with me who is the group executive for Infrastructure Financing South Africa. Good chatting to you. Hi.
7: Uh, hello, good morning, Ashraf, and uh, good morning to Minister Patel. Right,
0: all, all the things, that we've had some other people also just giving feedback off the air to say, you know, all the the best wishes in the world will be lost uh, in terms of that unblocking that logjam if we don't have the monies. So give, me, give me your thoughts on that.
7: Uh, Ashraf, let me give you a couple of uh, statistics, very few. Uh, you know, uh, the DBSA is uh, obviously a big financier of infrastructure in the country and mm-hmm. in the static region. But what we have observed is the following. For instance, earlier this year I did an assessment and I, I, I found out that the DBSA had just over one billion rand worth of money that had been approved as facilities to various municipalities in the country. And that money was available here at the Development Bank but was not being drawn by the municipalities towards infrastructure spent. That's the first thing, and I'll come to why. The second issue is, The National Treasury of of, of, of the Republic of South Africa allocates substantial amounts of money to municipalities for infrastructure finance. For instance, I have the figures in front of me. Over the next two years, somewhere in the region of 50 billion rand will be allocated to what we call second-tier and third-tier municipalities, excluding the metros. But historically, what we know is that these municipalities spend on average somewhere in the region of 70% of the annual allocations that are given to them for infrastructure uh, spending. Now, that brings to the question, what is going on? And a lot of what uh, has been said by your guests from uh, earlier on applies. What we find as the development bank is the money is not finding its way towards the project, various projects, because one, at a planning phase, at a planning stage, those key basic skills of undertaking feasibility assessments, facilitating the council approvals, getting all the paperwork for regulatory approvals, engaging in the public participation, and finalizing the design and engineering processes. Those technical skills that are required in various municipalities, we find those to be very much lacking. That is like in the Planning phase of the project, uh, Ashraf. Okay,
0: seems now to be a re- recurring issue. Okay, let's. Uh, yes. I'll come back to you. Let's. Uh, let me do this. I want to get to some of the other callers, Reg and uh, Lefadi and Charles. I'll take you guys in one go. We'll do it right after this.
6: With the current space of crimes against women, children and elderly in the country, the role of the police is under the spotlight. To discuss and elaborate on initiatives taken by the SAPS, the New Age Business Briefing brings you the Minister of Police, Nathan Teta. To book your space, visit www.thenewage.co.za or call 011-542-1218. Live on sabc Two.
0: We interrupt this program for breaking news. Reports are in that companies are not paying and suppliers are risking collapse without a guaranteed cash flow. People need a hero. But wait, what's that flying across the sky? It's, it's, of course, it's credit guarantee.
6: We will investigate, assess, cover, and mitigate the risk of your customers not paying, all in a single bound. Your company's cash flow and profitability will be in the safest hands around. Visit creditguarantee.co.za for more info today. Credit Guarantee. Why risk it without us? Credit Guarantee is an authorised financial services provider. The Forum at 8 on SAFM.
0: Right, looking at the issue of infrastructure development, so important uh, to the country's future, so important to your future, but is there a logjam? I think many people can see there is a logjam, so how do you unblock that? And that's what we're referring to right now. Amongst the guests is the Minister of Economic Development, Ibrahim Patel. We'll chat until 8 o'clock, until 9 o'clock in fact. I'll take some quick calls on this issue. Reg in Pretoria, go ahead. Hi. Hi, hi, Ashraf, are you there? I'm yes and and good to hear from you. Uh, Go ahead.
3: Thanks indeed. Um, Minister, on the issue of finance or funding at the logjam, as you put it, can't we draw from history countries like the United States, Canada, Australia, the UK, including countries like China today, do not go about borrowing money from countries outside them to build their infrastructure. These are sovereign states which create money internally or borrow from their reserve banks at a very, very low price. Why is it that each time we talk about infrastructure here, like the Houten freeway that we have here, people are asked to go and pay from their pockets? or people are told to be taxed. Why should this be the case when, in fact, there is all ample evidence right across? It's not an economic issue, really, for, 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 for okay. failure to have money. All right,
0: Reg, got, got that Got that point, point well made. Indeed, we'll get a response. Uh, Lefadi uh, Makibignani is the CEO of uh, Consulting Engineers South Africa, so a huge interest from the engineering fraternity. Uh, Lefadi, go ahead. Hi. Uh,
3: good morning, how are
0: you? I'm very good. What's What's your point? Uh,
3: Fine. Yeah, My point is that, you know, uh, the, the fundamental uh, blockage really into the infrastructure rollout is, is is in the planning phase. I mean, we've got all these uh, projects, infrastructure projects that we are planning, but we we forgot, you know, we, we have deviated from the fundamentals of how the infrastructure used to be rolled out. You know, the fundamental blocks, the building blocks of infrastructure, as I always say, mm. is the professional engineering service is a service that is provided by consulting engineers. And in the past, the government used to be an ally of consulting engineers. Consulting engineers never used to bid for work. They used to be allocated work. Building the infrastructure, the engineering competency of a nation is a fundamental government role. And we have an association like this, Consulting Engineers Africa, but the role to build consulting engineering must be the fundamental responsibility of government and the weight must be allocated because you cannot dare to become a competent nation without a fundamental building blocks. Planning design is, is done by consulting engineers.
0: All right. Point uh, points taken. Let's get uh, the thoughts of Bob Pullen on that one. Bob, I mean, Bob. Do do you in fact uh, find that the issue of skills, right, that which even the minister alluded to earlier on, that there's a logjam in that alone, just in terms of of the skills growth with regard to engineers, besides those many that you in fact say are unemployed?
2: Ashraf, uh, yes. So, look, um, Lafardi is absolutely correct. Uh, a lot of the work that consultants are doing. Um, is the prime responsibility of of government. That's the fundamental thinking and planning and preparation of projects. And why is it done by consultants? Because the correct people are not employed in the different spheres of government. And there are many reasons for that, but that's not the subject for today's debate. However, the engineering fraternity in South Africa are uh, right behind government in saying professionalize the government service from national departments through to municipalities, even the smallest municipalities, professionalize, professionalize them by appointing the right people, and there are not very many of them, uh, relatively speaking, appoint the right people with the right responsibilities and the right authorities, and a lot of what we call a logjam will disappear before well, our mm-hmm. eyes. Because those issues will then be dealt with exactly in the place where they should be dealt with, right at the very first steps in identifying a project, defining it, and specifying it so that others can implement. Okay. So um, our profession would agree 100% with that. And um, a lot of effort has been made over the last 10 years to actually make such expertise available to for instance, municipalities.
3: Okay,
0: got Not that, that's been
2: successful, but it, that effort was Okay,
0: I, I'm going to move on early because we don't have much time, and I don't mean just yeah. time for the show, but maybe time for infrastructure issues as well anyway. Minister uh, Patel, just, if, if I want to you to pick up on that caller about about costs, right? If, if we look at it, I'm not going into the e-tolling issue in detail now, there's no time for that, but the principle, that is it not so that the infrastructure will happen, and then along the way it's going to be privatized, and, and we're going to have to pay for it?
1: Uh, Ashraf, let me uh, also pick up on the consultant's point because the two are perhaps, uh, Mm -hmm. there is some uh, connection between it. I think on funding, what we've done in the last period is we're shifting more of the funding challenge onto the balance sheet of state-owned companies like ESCOM and Transnet, making sure that they are able to utilize the existing asset base to raise money On domestic and global capital markets And coming to Regis' point Yes, I think that um, there is an important role For domestic sources of funding But that requires that we've also got to improve the savings level And we've got to get South African companies To ensure that the pile of cash That very often sits on the balance sheet Is invested in the real economy Not only in infrastructure But also in factories, in mines and so on Because they're the big users of infrastructure Mm -hmm. I want to to, to say that the overuse of consultants Is not only a waste of resources But it also damages the long-term capacity of the state So Bob's point is, is right That we've got to invest much more in building that capability The technical skill inside the state The PICC now does surveys of every province and every metro as well as national government, looking at the number of engineers that is employed in house that can assist with the different areas, I think uh, one of the callers made the point on uh, the importance of planning and, and I think it's a fair point, mm-hmm. but I do think that it goes beyond planning. We also need to ensure that there's a strong capability in the execution and management of construction projects. Okay. many of them slow down for reasons. That are really operational right. And that we and ought to be able to resolve
0: and in, and in 30 seconds Just to touch on this issue of, of corruption and, and you brought it up earlier on. It's, it's a very important one in terms of Whatever is done in, in terms of infrastructure There's concern about who actually benefits In that value chain We've
1: got to act very, very decisively Against uh, corruption We're using the competition act much more actively Against private sector players Big uh, construction companies that collude But also as far as the, pri- uh, the public sector Is concerned, the infrastructure development poll put some tough uh, Measures in place Including uh, prison terms Up to five years imprisonment For people who collude And uh, in fact act against the public interest When you have corruption you devalue the impact of your infrastructure program. Therefore, we need to be tough.
0: Okay, just final word to uh, TP in Churchill. Just, just final comments you want to just add on in 30 seconds?
7: Quickly, uh, the point about effective planning has already been made, Ashraf. The second point, in, during construction phase, there is a need for better risk transfer to the private sector. Uh, a lot of projects overrun, and uh, what uh, construction companies do is that they simply escalate costs. But a lot of the contracting that we see in the private sector is that a, a private company that has signed off a construction contract carries the overrun risk. Okay. And yeah. then lastly, uh, on maintenance, a lot of investment has to be made on investing in maintenance once a project has been created because a lot can be saved in terms of capital spending only if the existing infrastructure is maintained properly. I mean... We saw that report about the level of water loss mm, mm, mm. in urban areas
0: and things like And that's where we're that. going to leave it, Tipin. Chocho, thank you so much Thanks for your time. Lot. I appreciate the input of uh, Bob Pullen as well as the Minister of Economic Development, Ibrahim Patel. Appreciate your input. And there you are. It's an interesting one. It's, uh, and further emails you can even drop to me, ashraf at safm.coza. So we've got this logjam. So how do we move from a, from a logjam, a traffic jam with infrastructure to move on there to a free-flowing superhighway in terms of infrastructure? Something to consider. We'll do it again tomorrow with a forum at 8, but coming up now, It's time for Morning Talk.